Talk Live. It is your show. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. As always, lots to talk about. Of course, your calls are primary if you make them. Uh, We'll start out with an example a real life example of why you shouldn't call 911. Now, I understand if there's an emergency and you're bleeding to death, it's probably a good idea. But I mean, if you need help from the cops, if you need help with what in your mind from your protectors, why calling 911 is probably the worst idea. In fact, uh, first a story from LouRockwell.com in relation to this, and we'll go to the real life uh, iteration. J. H. Hubert. Uh, is writing about the Heath Ledger situation, something we haven't mentioned on Free Talk Live, because it's not really a a pop culture show, and certainly in the initial um, case with the Heath Ledger, the the actor that died, what was it, about a week ago, I guess, uh, certainly initially it didn't seem to be anything more than just another actor overdosing and dying, which isn't really newsworthy. Uh, at least for our Unfortunate, show. Unfortunate, but not newsworthy. For, but for our show, it's not not really important. There's no issue but he there. does. Right, but there is an issue now that has come out as a result of that situation, and Hubert points out that the uh, gutter press is desperate to turn Heath Ledger's death into a sex scandal rather than a mere sad accident. Thus, the gossip writers remind us again and again that Diana Lee Wozelin, the masseuse who found Mr. Ledger's body, used Ledger's cell phone to call his friend Mary-Kate Olson several times before she dialed 911. Now, the implication of this from the U.K.'s Telegraph tells us in so many words is supposed to be that if only Miss Wollison had not wasted time calling the former infant star of Full House instead of 911, then Mr. Ledger might still be alive. But even if she had dialed 911 first and paramedics had come immediately, that would be a dubious allegation. Mr. Ledger is estimated to have died some 20 minutes before his masseuse arrived, so the chances of him being uh, revived by the police would have been quite slim. In any event, Ms. Wallison might have uh, had sound reasons to call Ms. Olson rather than 911, thanks to government policies that tend to discourage anyone from calling 911. For one, there's the fact that dialing 911 doesn't necessarily bring the fastest results and doesn't guarantee any at all. As Richard Stevens' book, Dial 911 and Die, illustrates with example after example, countless people have been killed by violent criminals because they relied on 911 instead of taking matters into their own hands with a firearm. Well, assuming they had a firearm to take uh, matters into your own hands, it's something you have to plan ahead for. You have to own the firearm. You have to have it uh, available. I can see there might be some problems, uh, you know, having it available. Well, sure, in many states, in the right, right spot at the right time. In many states and localities, it's illegal to have said firearm available. And oh, in yeah. fact, those governments encourage people to call nine one one. They tell people that it's That's their responsibility to retreat if there, for instance, is an individual coming in breaking into their home. It's the the person's, the homeowner's responsibility to retreat. As you far both, as you possible. and I would agree. That's ludicrous. Absolutely, it is. And indeed, when you dial 911, police and paramedics are free to ignore your pleas. If they dawdle or choose to not come at all, then they won't be held liable. California Supreme Court has said so in as many words, as have other courts. In fact, the U.S. Supreme Court has held that you have no individual right to police protection, let alone help from paramedics. Even though you pay taxes and even though protection of your life is the main theoretical justification for the government's existence. Now, when Ms. Olson received the masseuse's call, she immediately sent who? 
her private security team to Ledger's apartment. Mm. Press accounts leave the precise timeline murky, but there's no question that Ms. Olson's private team arrived on the scene at least as soon as, and maybe even before, the 9-11 dispatch team. Fortunately, Mr. Ledger, unfortunately rather, Mr. Ledger died anyway, but this still illustrates that the choice to call for private help first wasn't unreasonable. Another reason why Ms. Wallison might have been reluctant to call 911 is that if she did, it would involve a surrender of her client's privacy, an issue about which uh, celebrities like Mr. Ledger are understandably highly sensitive. Calling 911 makes the details of your emergency, possibly every single word you say, in an extremely stressful situation, a public record. Subject to endless radio and television rebroadcasts. Reports say Ms. Wallison thought Mr. Ledger was unconscious and not dead, so it's quite reasonable that she wouldn't have wanted him to come too and find himself embroiled in a tabloidic scandal thanks to her 9-11 tape blabbing. So people might not, uh, people also might not be eager to call 911 because it might cause them to be prosecuted for some victimless crime. For example, Mr. Ledger's bedroom apparently was strewn with various pills. We still don't know, and I don't much care, why Mr. Ledger had the pills. Ms. Wallison likely didn't know either. Under Supreme Court precedent, however, anything the authorities see in plain view in your house is subject to seizure without a warrant and can be used against you. So we can understand why many people who have an emergency related to illegal drugs would be reluctant to call the government for help, and how needless death could result from this. If your friend, for instance, is having a tough time after taking some drug or even a, a prescription nar- uh, prescription narcotic like oxycodone, if it wasn't his prescription and something happens and you need some help, don't bring the cops into that situation or your friend not only is going to get taken to the hospital, but it's going to get slapped with uh, some sort of possession charge. Well, um, I think sometimes the hospital's the right thing to do. I think that uh, calling the police to take someone to the hospital uh, you know, may be a mistake. But yeah, take them there yourself. Take them there yourself. I mean, you know, there, there are times when it just gets out of hand. You never, uh, I, I wouldn't propose to tell someone yes or no, you should or shouldn't blanket at all times. Incidentally, Ms. Walsalyn allegedly was a victimless criminal. As the sharp legal minds at Us Magazine inform us, Ms. Walsalyn apparently lacked a license to be a professional masseuse, which is a felony in New York. That, of course, is ridiculous. You don't need a license under California law. And amateur massage giving runs rampant in California, New York, and everywhere else with few fatal results. New York's law exists only to benefit established massage givers at the expense of would-be competitors and now gives Ms. Wallison one more headache thanks to us, which dutifully notified the authorities of her alleged infraction. So the cops didn't figure it out. The magazine writer figured it out and snitched her out. The gossip rags attempts to smear and destroy Ms. Wallison because of her reaction under tragic circumstances are exceptionally unfair and mean-spirited, even by their already low standards. Here's what I don't understand about it is, um, you know, we weren't there in that room, and neither was that rag columnist. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't don't know what magazine it was, so I I probably shouldn't call it a rag. But, um, you know, this gossip columnist, she, she wasn't there. That masseuse um, and Heath Ledger were in that room. Suppose he said, don't call the police. Call, who is it, Mary-Kate? Yeah. Uh, call Mary-Kate. Well, suppose these were his, his, uh, like, well, his last conscious words. What are you supposed to do? You're supposed to do what the guy says. Yeah. That's what he would do. So do it. Now, you know, she made a few frantic attempts. Uh, she got it. She got through. She got, the security team got there. It seems to me that she did fine. I, I agree. Moreover, this idea that calling 911 first is always the right answer is simple-minded and in some situations could even prove deadly. 
That's not to say you shouldn't call 911 in a life-threatening emergency, but you can't count on it to save you either. And thanks to government's ever-increasing intrusions on voluntary, victimless conduct, it might cause you even more problems than you had in the first place. So, it's best to be prepared to respond to emergencies in alternative ways in addition to calling 911. As for me, says Mr. Hubert, if I knew Mary-Kate Olson and my life was on the line, I'd call her first, too. 800-259-9231. So, uh, coming up here in moments, we're going to bring you to a story, a real-life story, about a woman who did dial 911 expecting to get help, and boy, did she get anything but. But first, we should go to Dave in Ohio, listening on WAIS. Hello, Dave. What's on your mind tonight? Hey, guys. Uh, in Ohio... There was supposed to be a bill passed for children with autism, mm-hmm. uh-huh. and I came to find out it hasn't been. Hmm. And uh, my friend was pretty upset about it. Well, I can understand. I mean, people seem to think that the government's going to help them out when they have a problem, yeah. whether it be an autistic child or cancer. They think that government can somehow direct resources in their uh, in their direction to help with research, and yeah. it's sort of a mistake because. Really, the advances that come from research are coming from the private sector, and so to expect that even if government, even if the government did pass that bill and money was directed uh, towards the autism centers, they wouldn't take it as seriously as money that was given uh, to them by individuals. So it just doesn't turn out that government uh, funded re- uh, government funded research is is as effective. I don't think. Uh, yeah, so- how about it? How wouldn't the free market handle it? Well, the free market would allow you to keep all your money in the first place and allow you to decide who to give it to. Dave, thanks for the call tonight. 800-259-9231. If each individual is allowed to make those decisions, then the money will be allocated better instead of a bunch of bureaucrats deciding for everyone at the same time. Decentralization. It works. 800-259-9231. An outrageous real-life 911 hell story coming up in moments. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line for you, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features there we give away, so do enjoy those on us, including the archives. In fact, an entire year's worth of the show is right there on the front page of the website for your downloading convenience. Go and grab them for free at freetalklive.com. The Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival, better known as Porkfest, June 9th through the 15th at Porkfest, you'll be able to learn how the Free State Project early movers are already making a difference, as well as discover the outdoor and recreational adventures New Hampshire has to offer. Discover new freedoms, new communities, and new beginnings. Learn more at porkfest.com. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. 800-259-9231. Coming up here, as I said, we've got this story. I believe this is out of Ohio. I'm not sure which TV station is is doing the report. If I did, I would give them credit. It's from YouTube. The video is called Psycho Cops Strip Search Innocent Woman. And it's yet another one of those examples of the cases that I think many of these cases we never even hear about. Many of these cases of police abuse... Never make it to the public eye, public eyes and ears, because in in a lot of cases the victims they don't have the uh, the wherewithal, they don't have the ability, they don't have the funds to go out and fight this, or they're just too frightened to do so, especially after a harrowing experience like this woman uh, got into. Well, I, I think we should get into the encounter because it's a fairly long news report, it's about five minutes. Uh, so let's get it started, and we'll continue commenting uh, after, or we'll we'll uh, keep commenting after that. Of course, take your calls as well with your thoughts at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Here 
is the report. Why did you decide to talk with me? I don't want this to happen to somebody else. Greg Steffi and his wife Hope are suing the Stark County Sheriff, accusing deputies of using excessive and outrageous force, an allegation the sheriff denies. But Steffi says this video, shot by deputies and obtained by Channel 3 News, speaks for itself. Now, I don't know if I have to really tell you what's going on there because they'll get into it, but essentially it's a group of uh, sheriff's deputies forcibly strip-searching this woman. Hmm. Now, you might ask yourself, well, what did she do to deserve that? That's, that's a good question. We'll find out. This case got started with a call to 911 for help. Greg's wife was injured when a cousin assaulted her. When she had someone call the Stark County Sheriff, her troubles got worse. A lot worse. They say a deputy was confused when he arrived at the location where the attack occurred. They say he began treating the injured Steffi not as the victim, but as the troublemaker. He proceeded to pick her up off the ground uh, and slam her onto the ground. Now, this woman's 125 pounds, by the way. Hmm. So why she was being treated in that manner doesn't make sense. Oddly enough, the sheriff's dash cam video wasn't turned on when all this was happening. Oh, that's how odd. Big question. The dash cam wasn't rolling until shortly before Steffi was placed in the back of the officer's squad car. And there's much the Steffi say happens before then and not caught on tape. She can't breathe. She, she's down face first. She's got all the air out of her. That portion of the video either doesn't exist or wasn't released to Steffi's lawyers. Hmm. When Steffi is hauled to jail, she says they roughed her up again before they pinned her down on a cell floor and took off all her clothes. Again, the sheriff denies the allegation. But is there even more video missing? We believe there's still videotape out there. Check out jailhouse surveillance video. A deputy's handheld camera appears to be rolling as Steffi was escorted to a cell. Her lawyers never received any of this tape, which might show Steffi knocked to the ground again. So, so far you've got the camera on the cop car that just didn't happen to record that, or they had it turned off, or whatever the excuse was there. In addition, once they had the woman in the police station, you can see a procession of individuals uh, taking this woman wherever it is they're taking her in the station, and one of those people, one of the sheriff's deputies, has a camera and very clearly recording the event, unless she wasn't recording and just happened to be following with the camera on, which I suppose is an option, but funny how not all of this footage ended up actually coming out. Hmm. Oops. Oh, darn it. I think I just lost the, <laughs> the audio here. Good Let's one. Try to continue it for me. He is hauled to jail. She says they roughed her up again before they pinned her down on a cell floor and took off all her clothes. Again, the sheriff denies the allegation. But is there even more video missing? We now, try to predict for a moment here. Try to skip ahead here. But try to predict. Uh, what do you think the sheriff's going to find about his... Uh, about his deputy's behavior. He's denying a number of the allegations about them roughing her up, which, again, it's just his word versus hers, but she doesn't have a criminal history. She's not a, a crook. She called for help. She got into an altercation with a family member, and the police were called to assist that situation. Instead, they took her in. What do you think? What, go ahead and go out on a limb here, Mark. What's the sheriff going to decide? 
Uh, well, about his I, it, deputies. It, it, it's not going out on a limb. Um, I can tell you exactly <laughs> what he said. I, I, I'm pretty. I'm, I'll bet you I got, I've got it verbatim. Uh, the deputies acted within the purview of their duties, and uh, no disciplinary action will be taken. Here we go. He knocked to the ground again. They knocked her feet, her knees out from behind her, you know, and that she was face first. I'd like to know why they felt it was important to do that. The sheriff again denies the allegation, but there's no denying what happened in the video that Steffi's lawyers did obtain. Both male and female deputies inside a cell forcibly removing Steffi's clothes, including her bra and underwear. She was never asked, not once. How frightening, how humiliating must this be for... For someone who has not spent time in a in prison, has you know certainly not used to being stripped in front of male guards, stripped by male guards, uh, very intimidating police officers. I mean, it's scary enough going to jail, but then being forced stripped uh, in front of these spooky dudes. I mean, that's got to be pretty intimidating for a little lady like that. So, uh, what what is the reason for this? Do we the, have we figured that out yet? Uh, well, uh, hopefully, okay, they'll get okay. to that here. During any period of time. You know, to take off your clothes, please, that there's a reason why, you know, it, it was for total humiliation. The Steffies and their lawyers say this is clearly a strip search, and the sheriff has policy for this procedure. I've got uh, the Stark County Sheriff's Department policy on strip searches. It says, and I quote, the officers conducting the search must be of the same sex as the prisoner. This is Stark County Sheriff's policy. That's common policy everywhere. Yeah. They violated their own policy. The sheriff's office admits deputies left Steffi completely naked in the cell for she six like so hours. <laughs> but they deny this was a strip search. They left her in the cell naked for six hours. It's What's not a strip search. That? We just had to get the clothes off her. <laughs> what, <laughs> what, is, what is the reason for that? I can't That's think of, torture. Uh, I can't think of any. Uh, the, reason, the only reason I would come up with um, would be because they felt that she was a danger to herself, um, which it, she does sound like a person that could very well be a danger to herself. I wonder if she was a danger to herself before they slapped <laughs> the cuffs on her. <laughs> now, in the video, it's very clear that this woman has been strip-searched. Strip I don't know if they did a cavity search on her, but they definitely forcibly removed all of her clothing. The family is saying that she was never asked to remove her clothes. They just started taking her clothes off of her. And there are several deputies around, so there was a huge amount of people that were involved in this. Uh, there's more to the story here. Now, what's interesting is the sheriff is going to deny that this was even a strip search coming up in moments. It's Free Talk Live. Scientists have discovered a human hormone that increases people's trust in each other, oxytocin. And for the first time, with Liquid Trust, you can harness this power. Buy Liquid Trust now at 800-507-3718 or liquidtrustspray.com. Use code FTL to get free shipping. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got a lot of features. We give them all away, including the wiki. Over 1,500 pages created by listeners just like you. Head over to wiki.freetalklive.com to get interactive with that. That's wiki, w-i-k-i.freetalklive.com. Com, movies, lingerie, and marital aids. AdamEve.com has got a special offer for you. Go to AdamEve.com slash talk 
and get 50% off of one item. Plus, with your order of $17 or more, they'll throw in a free gift. That's 50% off Adam and Eve, or excuse me, it's adameve.com slash talk. Though I guess adamandeve.com works as well, doesn't it? It does. Okay. 800-259-9231. We continue the story. I believe this is from somewhere in Ohio, and the... Uh, I would, again, give these guys credit, but I, I can't tell which TV station it was. Anyway, it's uh, Channel 3. They have an exclusive on a story that is, unfortunately, not as atypical as many might think. It's a, a woman who was taken, cust- uh, taken custody by the police after she had called 911. After there had been a uh, an incident with her and a family member, and she'd called 911 for the police to come and uh, and protect do what their supposed job is. What they ended up doing was handcuffing the woman and taking her to the uh, the department, where they then forcibly strip-searched her. And so I want to continue this uh, the audio here. And, and Mark, you're still wondering what the backstory is. They do, I, I am. I believe they touch on that here in a moment. Let me continue. Deputies left Steffi completely naked in the cell for six hours, but they deny this was a strip-search. Hope Steffi was convicted on misdemeanor. If you're just tuning in, we're watching video where a woman is being forcibly stripped completely naked by several sheriff's deputies, including two men doing the main stripping. There is a woman in the room, but there are two sheriff, uh, male sheriffs stripping this woman down, which is a clear violation of the sheriff's department's own policy, which says that only same-sex officers are supposed to be present during a strip search, but that's okay because the sheriff's department is denying that it was a strip search. Oh, this isn't a strip search. They're not saying what it was, but they're denying it was a strip search, even though she's quite clearly being stripped. Charges of resisting arrest and disorderly conduct, but most of the videos seen in this report was never shown at trial. Now the Steppies have evidence, and they want (laughs) sheriff deputies held accountable. It's just wrong that they do this to people. She called for help. She asked them for help, not for this, not for this. Now the sheriff isn't talking because of the pending lawsuit, but he did say he feels they did everything by the book. (laughs) The FBI typically investigates allegations of civil rights violations, but the agency wasn't aware of the Steffi case until Channel 3 News contacted them. So that's enough from them. Now, the sheriff is claiming that this was all done by the book. And, and there was a second part to this. There was actually a first part. I played the second part, and it goes over a lot of the same info, so I didn't want to play both. But basically what happened was a family altercation. The police were called, and the part they didn't tell you about here is that the police got really upset when she accidentally handed them the wrong driver's license. Now, apparently what happens is you're asking yourself, well, why does she have the wrong driver's license? That's an excellent well, question. apparently her sister died in some awful car, car wreck or mm. under some bizarre circumstance and so she keeps her driver her old driver's license around as a memento okay of her dead sister and uh so when the police again she was in a situation with a family member an altercation of some sort the police arrived on the scene of course they asked for identification she accidentally handed them the wrong id and that's apparently where the police blew up they refused to give her the identification back, even though she, she requested it back. Which well, you're probably not going to get it back. Um, right, because well, the state claims it's their property, right. and therefore they will reclaim it. Uh, but, but, you know, she was in an ups- I'm sure she was in an upset state already at that point and probably couldn't understand why they wouldn't give her the silly piece of plastic with a picture on it back. 
Uh, so I can I can understand her position. Uh, but the but the result of that was the police probably thought she was trying to lie to them about who she was, mm-hmm. and then uh, proceeded to take her into the station for questioning, so called, which is when they then strip searched her and left her in a cell for six hours. So just another outrageous case of what happens when you go and you look to the police to actually help you out in a situation. These people are not looking to help you. They're looking to make arrests. They're looking to charge you with something. And they'll find it. And and then again, in this case, strip search, violation of the department's own policy. The department admits that it left the woman in the cell naked for six hours. It apparently has no problem with that. It claims it did everything by the book. Now, are there people out there that hear that and they say, oh, well, did it by the book? Well, that's okay then. If this was by the book, the book is effed. Yeah, the book sucks. This book is messed up and something seriously needs to change. Of course, I would suggest what needs to change is the government needs to get out of the area of providing us with so-called protection services. I think that would go a long way to solving this problem. Because until you take the uh, this inherent power of the state out of the hands of our protectors, it's going to continue to be abused. We're going to continue to see examples, case after case, like this, of these sickos, these sadists, just... Doing whatever they want to do and getting away with it. They do seem to just stomp all over the place and do what they want. And some police, they can, uh, they really take a situation rather than de-escalating it, which is what I think most of us want in these circumstances. We uh, we want somebody who can de-escalate a situation. They they escalate it. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. We go to your phone calls, Mike in Connecticut. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey guys, I think you missed one part one part of it. Okay. They asked her if she felt like hurting herself, and she gave, like, an incoherent answer. That's what I heard on one of the news stories. So she muttered to herself or something? Yeah. Hmm. You know what? The same thing happened to my girlfriend in uh, Niantic. Okay. They, uh, well, she actually did hurt herself. She uh, took part of her bra, and she started cutting up her arm. Cause she thought they were going to put her in a hospital just to get out of prison. She was doing this. And what they did was the same thing. And I think it is operating procedure to strip them bare naked. That's that's what happened to my girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And leave her in the cold cell. And my girlfriend told me that, you know, the guy guard, you know, the male guards would come by and look through the window at her naked. I bet they will. You know, and it's like, that's your procedure? <laughs> that sucks. Wow. Well, yeah, I don't recall. I mean, I, I, I did see the report where they uh, the police claimed that about her, but that was just yeah. what the police claimed. You know? I know, and I know that they have to have like three or four witnesses when they ask them if they're a threat, you know, to themselves or whatever. That doesn't sound that, that doesn't sound right to me. Um, I, I I have I was in prison for quite some time, and I can tell you what they do. Um, you know, if they decide that you're gonna, you're going into a suicide cell, you're going into a suicide cell, and only one of them has to make the decision. And then so, some sergeant up the line. Oh, yeah, I'm not. I'm saying in the point in prison, like before they take. I just you, don't I, believe that. I just don't believe for a second that, um, you know, the shift supervisors, you know, well, did you have four witnesses on hand? I, it just, it, I believe that a cop says, hey, you know, uh, she said she was going to hurt herself. Let's uh, throw her in the uh, suicide cell for six hours. Well, it seems like they do whatever they want. Yeah. Anyway, you know. Anything else for us tonight, Mike? No, that's it. Thanks, Thanks for the call. 800-259-9231. You can bring up... Whatever's on your mind, that is, again, the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. And the husband in this case is absolutely right. This could be you. The woman screaming in the background that you heard there, the woman being strip-searched, could be you. Could be your loved ones. 
could be your friends, your family members. This can happen to anybody. And, and all it takes is one call to the police. You think they're going to come help you, and all they do is they help you into a jail cell, a resisting arrest charge, and in this case, uh, what was the other one? There was something, they slapped her with a disorderly conduct. Disorderly charge. conduct. Right. Mm. So, uh, so if you can figure, if you get into an altercation, if you can uh, get into some situation where you think you need the police's assistance, think again. Try to come up with some sort of alternative solution, an alternative way of, of working out whatever the problem is. If you can avoid calling the police in whatever manner you can, deal with the situation without them. Because bringing the police in only brings in the, the possibility of things getting worse and not necessarily better. Well, I would say that, uh, you know, be think about it before you just call the police. Um, and I would hope that everybody does that. For one, we you know, calling cops just for any old reason is a waste of their time and, and ours. And also, you never know when the uh, force of the state's going to get turned around on you. Um, it, it, it could be bad. 800-259-9231. You can bring up anything on the way tonight. Speaking of the police, and uh, let's get back into... I mean, this is police... I guess what we've been talking about sort of police state-related, but... This one's even more for New York City police officers are going to be armed with automatic rifles. Where? We'll let you know here in moments. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Features there we give away. So enjoy those on us. If you like the show want to help us uh, out a little bit, then go shopping with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. If you enter Amazon through that link, Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. So start your shopping at amazon.freetalklive.com. We continue with your phone calls. Let's go to... It's Marty in Florida. Marty, you're on Free Talk Live. Back of the... Uh... Hello? Oh, hey. Hi, Marty. You You're on the air. Hey. Glad to uh, hear from y'all. I just wanted to say that I love y'all guys, by the way. Thanks. What's on your mind tonight? Uh, well, I lack of freedom and liberty is really on my mind. Today. You know what, Marty? We're going to have to put you back on hold. Uh, maybe have you call back on a different line. It sounds like you're either on a portable phone that's uh, reaching its maximum range or an iffy cell phone. We'll try Marty back. In a little while. 800-259-9231. Got to make sure uh, the calls are listenable. We continue here. Uh, we'll talk about the New York City story because it's pretty outrageous. Top of next hour. But for now, from Camden, uh, pr- presuming New Jersey, Knox County, the Merriam-Webster Dictionary definition for flatulence is brief. Flatus, expelled through the anus. And while it's a natural bodily function, it seems some Camden Rockport Middle School 8th grade boys are taking it to new heights and making a game of seeing who can expel the loudest and grossest flatus. That sounds like a middle school boy thing. Sure does. But I don't really know how you could... I mean, how can you do that? Can you take sort of, what, eat beans early in the day and sort of plan for that? You can't really plan for uh, for letting out a good fart. Uh, no, but you can uh, when when one when it when the time comes, you can either uh, you can you restrict know, it. Yeah, sure, you can, you can, you can make noise, not make noise, and right. uh, those you know you you can make it more and less flagrant. You, yeah, okay, you do have options when it's ready to come out, but as far as preparing for it, there's not much you can do to actually guarantee that s- said. Uh, I'm flatulence. looking for a good word. Yeah, flatulence. I'm just trying to be uh, more creative. But anyway, uh, said flatulence would uh, would leave your bowels. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, so it's not like belching. Like a belching contest, kids could easily do. But mm. a farting contest seems more difficult. Anyway, according to this week's Firecracker School newsletter, though, the joke's on the boys as, they, as the penalty for intentional farting is now a detention. That's right. There's a farting crackdown at Camden Rockport Middle School. Strange but true. You know, I just don't know whether I uh, support this or not. <laughs> um, I, I, I consider the activity to be rude at best. Um, you know, if you're in a room full of people, which is what a classroom's like, and uh, you decide to make the loudest, uh, most obnoxious uh, uh, oboe noise you can, <laughs> you know, it, it's it's rude. And rude things in the midst of class uh, rude obstructive uh, you know things during class that's bad but don't they already have a disrupting class charge i think that for lack cl- of a better i term? think clarity on rules is not a bad thing you know being very well, that specific that would be the reason for it you're disrupting the class by intentionally farting do we have to go and create a whole new rule for this it just seems unnecessary i think that uh, yeah i think that uh, having a rule in this particular circumstance and now i uh, I wouldn't want to see so many rules that uh, no one could ever read through them. But this could be problematic, Mark, because it might end up being uh, enforced on those who are a little more flatulent by nature. Sometimes it happens. If you are naturally more flatulent and uh, happen to be naturally more loud about it, then you could be uh, you could get the brunt of this new rule, and that might be unfair. Yeah, I, I would agree that that it could be uh, you know it could be a bad thing for somebody who just accidentally had that happen. The newsletter apparently said strange but true, but thanks to a bunch of eighth grade boys, intentional farting's been banned from CRMS. It started out as a funny joke and eventually turned into a game. This is the first rule at CRMS that prevents the use of natural bodily functions. The penalty for intentional farting is a detention, so keep it to yourself said the newsletter. According to a group of 7th grade students milling around downtown following Friday's storm-related early release, the 8th graders' escapades are well known in the school. One young man says they would do it in science class and other places. It's a natural occurrence, and we all do it 16 times a day. Really? Is that the average? I, 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 I can hardly imagine. That, that young man sounds like he's very well educated on uh, Americans and flatulence. Sounds like he did a little research. Anyway, Tyler and the other students all said that it was true when questioned where he learned that information, though they couldn't remember where they heard it. One of the other students, Kyle Ruger, said the act by the boys was funny, but he had mixed feelings about whether it was appropriate. Jordan Mintz, uh, Jordan Noten minced no words when she expressed how she felt, saying, It's gross! Remy Levine said he was in the class when CRMS teacher, science teacher Brad LaRoche talked to all the 8th grade boys about the issue as well as the consequences. Imagine getting suspended for too much farting in class. I don't suspect they would actually suspend for that. Uh, you, they probably would, you know, it's detentions and then you might get suspended for not... Uh, Repeat offender, you might, get a deten- you might get a suspension. I don't think that that's, I don't think that would be appropriate um, to suspend somebody for it. Uh, you know, maybe a staying after class or some kind of punishment like that. Uh, perhaps, I don't know. These, uh, it, it's all just so odd. It just seems as though schools should be doing other things with their time. I mean, over the weekend we gave you a story about once, which was... Uh, Certainly much more egregious than this, uh, but the story over the weekend was about a school that locked down the bathrooms during class, and there was only one bathroom on campus available in the office, and students had to go to the office, ask permission, get the key, then go to the bathroom, then return the key, then go back to class in order to to, uh, to one, number one or two during class. I'm not sure that I uh, think that the school's out of line here. Um, if the, the student has a certain amount of choice in the matter. You're talking about on this in this, particular in this case, case yeah. with the farting. Most of the time, the student has a certain amount of choice as to how much noise their flatulence is going to make. It are depends, they, man. It are they going to release the uh, silent but deadly or uh, uh, you know, really clear the, uh, the bassoon out? You know, 
Um, is is farting only disruptive if it's noisy? Mostly, if it's uh, particularly uh, I don't noxious, it would be disruptive also. Well, right, right. A good SBD could definitely uh, really be more disruptive in class because if you've got a good SBD, then you know people are going to be paying attention to that instead of the teacher or their work or the test. They're going to be waving their hand at their nose, making silly noises, well, the pointing class- and trying to figure out who did it. Well, not, not necessarily. An SPD may, um, you know, uh, may just be confined to a certain area in the class, and the rest of the students could go on. But not by know. the principles of diffusion. I mean, eventually, if it's a big enough one, it's going to uh, physics is going to while, carry it across the class. Sure, but at this point, um, you know, when when you make the the loud noise, the whole class laughs and breaks up. I, I think that schools, you know, shut down for two minutes. I understand that, but I think that what's going to happen here, Mark, is this is going to be enforced in ways we don't expect. I mean, oh, as I always, would agree. with governments, you have unintended consequences. Even at the simplest level, or the most basic level like this, uh, what you may end up having is someone lets out an SBD, and as a result, they, the, uh, the entire class could be accused of uh, intentionally disrupting the, uh, the classroom as they try to determine who done it. I mean, it could end up being just devolving into a, a, a pointing finger session. Um, it could. That would be unfortunate, and it would be a, a poor teacher that did so. And then perhaps the the uh, the young man or lady who might be a little more flatulent than the rest of the class, who the class may know as the the farter in class, may get the blame for the SBDs that might not have even been theirs. Now that would be true tragedy <coughs> if there was a uh, sort of a, a, a an individual sitting in class who was letting out the SBDs while the individual who was being accused of it wasn't actually doing the crime, if you will. Well, um, I'm I'm still of the opinion that uh, the, the whole classroom environment is an unnatural one, and you know we shouldn't be doing it to our kids. Well, as far as sending them to government schools, absolutely not just government schools. I I just I really don't like the classroom environment. Period. Enough for learning. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. It's a relatively new phenomenon. Um, I just I, you I, might be right about that. Let's continue with your phone calls. I believe we have Marty back on the line in Florida. Marty, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. He's gone. Oh, Marty's gone. All right. 800-259-9231. So whether you want to comment on flatulence in the classroom or more important uh, important issues, you can do it here on Free Talk Live. The SACL CAI toll-free line is 800-259-9231. I just, they never had rules like that when I was in school. Never had that. It wasn't necessary. If you're disrupting the class, then that's it. I mean, that's like having new rules for, uh, you know, everything you can do in the car. I mean, should we ban people from eating in the car? Should we ban people from changing the radio station? Should we ban them from looking out the uh, the looking at their kid in the seat next to them? No, we don't need to have individual rules for all that. What there needs to be is just a simple one. If you're driving dangerously, then you should get in trouble for that. Well, whatever the cause is, it's, it's the, the results is, that are the the, uh, the problem, problem is t- uh, teachers not maintaining discipline in the classroom. Now, I don't know if they're having if they have a difficult time because of the rules of maintaining discipline, but you know this is an issue of poor discipline in the classroom. If they would have nipped this, in, as it were, then the problem wouldn't be going on. It wouldn't have turned into quite the uh, the fun that it is for these boys to uh, you know their 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 little flatulent games. Mm, I'm sorry. This is it, it's silly, and these kids are bringing this crap upon themselves. Unfortunately, they may bring it upon other students. And you know, this may actually go back to the classroom situation, or at least the way these government schools are set up, and how awful they are at educating, and how they make education uninteresting for kids. If education was interesting, if kids wanted to be at school, if they were intrigued, if they were drawn in by the curriculum, 
then they'd be paying attention to learning. They'd be interested in learning instead of trying to think up silly little games to play while they were in class. Because I know it was that way for me. Interesting classes I never wanted to F around in. But the boring, awful classes? What else is there to do? 800-259-9231. The police state of New York City will give you an update on that. Talk to you about what you want. This is Free Talk Live. It's time to pick a candidate, a serious candidate for president, and start moving forward. That candidate is George Phillies. This is George Phillies, Libertarian for President. I approved of this message. Paid for by Phillies 2008. Talk Live. We are launching into hour number two of the program. You can bring up whatever's on your mind toll free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features there we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Your calls are primary if you make them. Otherwise, we start things out with a story from the New York Times. Now, up until this point, Mark, we've pretty much seen the increases in the security state coming as more things happen around the world. More violence, international terrorism occurs. For instance, if a bomb goes off in the United Kingdom, then that, for some reason, gives the New York City Police Department an excuse to crack down even further. That's what we've seen. We've sort of seen things happening in another country, and that giving the United States government at least a reason to go out and tighten things down. Bring more police into the streets. It seems more... to be the, the, the it seems to be the pattern. Right. Well now they're not even bothering using anything as an excuse anymore. Now they're just upping the security level because they can. Because they know Americans are gonna take it. They know there's nothing Americans are really gonna be able to do about it. If they don't like it, what can they do? I mean what can you do? You can't stop them. They're gonna go and they're gonna put their troops in the streets, or in this case in the subway. In fact, according to the New York Times, in the first counterterrorism strategy of its kind in the nation, first, not necessarily the last, roving teams of New York City police officers armed with automatic rifles and accompanied by bomb-sniffing dogs will patrol the city's subway system daily, beginning next month, said officials. Under a tactical plan called Operation Torch, the officers will board trains and patrol platforms, Focusing on sites like wherever, they give you a bunch of locations in New York City. Officials said the operation would begin in March. Financing for the program would be funneled to the police department. It will come from a pool of up to $30 million, taken from $153 million in new federal transit grants to the state. Michael Chertoff, the Secretary of Homeland Security, and Governor Elliot Spitzer announced the grants at a news conference on Friday at Grand Central Terminal, where the police commissioner outlined his plans to add a layer of security to the city's 24-hour transit system. Mr. Kelly, the bureaucrat, planned to heighten security and monitor the subway system that carries nearly 5 million people a day along 656 miles of tracks, reflects the city's continuing concerns concerns about a possible attack. After the September 11th terrorist attack, police patrols increased in the subways, particularly at the entrances to 16 underwater tunnels. As terrorists have hit rail systems around the world, the police in New York have reacted with strategies tailored to thwart similar attacks. For instance, after the bombings of three trains and a bus in, in London in 2005, police officials in New York took steps to protect the city's subways, including random inspections of train riders' backpacks and packages, a program that continues today, and we reported on that when it started. New York remains at the top of the terrorist target list, said the bureaucrat, and mass transit remains a concern because it's been targeted many times around the world. There have been several thwarted plots against New York's subway system as well, so they claim. Each team in the operation will comprise of a bomb-sniffing dog. And I wonder, 
You think those dogs sniff for drugs, too? Nah, they wouldn't. Oh, I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not an expert about that. They may only train the bomb-sniffing dogs to sniff for bombs, but could they train them for drugs, too? I don't see why you couldn't train a dog um, to look for both bombs and drugs at the same time. I, I, I can't see any reason why it wouldn't. And this is going to give them an extra reason to harass people if the dog takes notice of someone who happens to be walking by it, whether or not they've got bombs or drugs or whatever, if the dog takes notice of that person, they're going to pull them aside and they're going to search them. I mean, that's going to be their probable cause, is that the dog, oh, the dog's interested in you, buddy. We're going to have to search you now. You could be a terrorist. Uh, so there's going to be one bomb-sniffing could dog. could just have some Cheetos in your pocket. There will be six officers, a dog handler and a sergeant. And This four happened officers. to me, by the way, when I was going through the... Uh, um, it was customs into the United States from Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they decided that I I was uh, you know I was profiled in some way or another. Pulled me over. They ran a dog through the uh, th- through the vehicle, and well, it ate my Cheetos. Did it really? Yeah. Did they get? Uh, did they reimburse you for that? No, I was just happy to get away. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> just let, let me away from your, you and your Cheeto eating Springer Spaniel. The uh, so the, you'll have the bomb sniffing dog, you'll have a dog handler, you'll have a sergeant, and you'll have four officers from the emergency service unit who will be outfitted in heavy bullet resistant vests and Kevlar helmets, and will carry automatic weapons, either an M4 rifle or an MP5 submachine gun. Is this scary to anybody but me? Am I the only one here, Mark? Is this kind of frightening, the idea that you're going to have a team of six squatties walking around in full Kevlar uh, helmet and armor in, carrying in automatic weapons in the subway with a, with an attack dog? I, I Yeah, I, I don't like it. The officers will work in shifts of 12 hours to provide as much coverage of the subway system as possible. Officers with high-powered rifles have patrolled sensitive sites above ground in New York, like the Empire State Building, and have guarded subway entrances after attacks in other cities, but have never made daily patrols. This sounds like it might uh, require an increase in the budget for the police department as well. It sounds mm. like you might have to hire some more goons. Well, if you have to hire more people, that means that there's more promotions. Uh, you know, the bureaucrat that has more people under them is, uh, you know, the, the more powerful bureaucrat. You heard Rudy, Rudy Giuliani's commercial uh, during when, when he was running for president here recently. He said, "New York government's the uh, third or fourth uh, largest uh, government in the United in, in the world," and that's him to be proud of. Well, but he claimed it. That was something to claim. I am a very qualified man to be president. I have been in charge of one of the third or fourth largest governments in the world or something like that. Michael Balboni, the state's uh, deputy secretary for public safety, said that since May, National Guardsmen armed with automatic rifles have patrolled the platforms of the PATH train system in New York and New Jersey. So, hey, this is no big deal. Once again, Mark, it's the old excuse of, well, we're already doing it over here. We've already got these armed uh, goons with their dogs and their uh, their automatic weapons and their Kevlar. They've already been patrolling the PATH train system in mm-hmm. New York and New Jersey, so we're just going to expand it to the entire subway at this point. Thank goodness I don't live in, in New York City or Los Angeles, because it really seems to be the testing grounds for all these new police state tactics. And if you don't think this will expand out from here, well, you're fooling yourself. Mr. Balboni says that having heavily armed city officers routinely patrol the subways was an important first step. Huh. So they're already, they've been searching people's bags on a random basis for two years now. Now they're putting goon squads, roving squads with a dog and Kevlar machine guns to walk around the subways and harass people. And that's the first step, huh? 
what, what else can they do exactly? I just I don't think like a control freak. So sometimes this is hard for me to figure out. I mean, sometimes I can. I can put myself into their mindset. But, I, I mean, what else can you do? You can't search everybody because that will slow things down too much. That would be going too far. I don't, I, I, you know, it's difficult to know where they're going to go next. Uh, the best way to do that is to look around the world, look at the police tactics, mm-hmm. uh, policing tactics that they uh, use in other countries. And yeah, what's imagine, Israel do, for instance? Yeah, imagine what they can do here. Well, Singapore, there's lots of places that are, uh, yeah. you know, pretty heavy police states. So they'll, they often take a page out of that playbook and, and go by that. And the government benefits here by, uh, you know, they're, they're dangling something, they dangle something in front of the public. That, that thing that they're dangling is security. Now, security in and of itself is a, is an abstract concept. You cannot be secure. Um, you're more likely to get struck by lightning in the United States than sure. to uh, have to deal with a terrorist attack. And that's in, um, since 1990. Okay, since 1990, you're more likely to get struck by lightning than, mm. uh, than have to deal with a terrorist attack. So, so it's, every year, cumul- cumulatively, you're more likely to hit, be hit by lightning. Right. Um, so, you know, it's just it's it's silly to think that security is something that the government can provide. You, it's difficult to it's it's an all, nigh impossible to defend against someone who's willing to give their own life, um, you know, do something crazy, you know, walk in with a bomb strapped to them or with uh, even with a uh, machine gun, right. you know, full of uh, cyanide bullets uh, in it and uh, start capping people off because they don't care. It, right. They are men that intend to die so they can do anything. And I think it's important that you brought that up because this roving team of uh, cops isn't going to stop those people either. If you're armed up with a bomb strapped to your chest and you're ready to go into the subway to take some people out, it's not going to really matter too much to you whether you actually make it onto the subway car. And there's a chance you can still make it on it, because, again, these guys are just going to be roving around. Right. If you go at the right time of day, it's better to get the people standing on the um, platform than it is to get to the subway car anyway, simply because there's more people on the platform. So if you've got a bomb strapped to you, and this goon squad approaches, you're going to see the dog coming. You're going to see this squad of guys. Oh, praise Allah. Boom. You just set off early. This is going to do nothing at all to stop terrorism, which, of course, isn't even happening here in this country right now. But it makes you wonder, what's this really all about? Is it conditioning? We'll come back with more. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. Bring up whatever you want toll-free. 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. Features we give away. So enjoy those on us. And those features do include the bulletin board system with over 300,000 posts. Serious issues to fun stuff. You'll find it all being discussed. And it's completely free. bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. Now you can save time and money on common legal matters. Created by top attorneys, LegalZoom.com helps you create reliable legal documents like your will or living trust in minutes. LegalZoom.com. Use the code FTL to save 10%. That's LegalZoom.com. 800-259-9231. Just a little bit more on this story out of New York City. They are planning, starting next month, a new operation. It's going to be called Operation Torch, where officers that will be armed with fully automatic rifles as well as bomb-sniffing dogs. In fact, they'll be traveling in teams of six, fully outfitted in Kevlar. 
including helmets as well as vests. You know, they always pick these uh, very manly, destructive-sounding names for these, uh, Torch. these operation Operation Torch. You know, why isn't it Operation Little Pink Tutu? <laughs> I, I, you know, I mean, why, then people would laugh at the police. Mark, it's so testosterone charged. Yeah. Somebody's gonna get torched. <laughs> I love the uh, the worshipful picture that goes along with this story from the New York Times, and if you want to see it for yourself, we'll post it later on the the BBS uh, with, with with the show prep, but the picture is, is taken from below. You've got three of these decked out cops carrying weapons, and you know, they've got their Kevlar and their packs on, and their uh, their weapons and their helmets, and it's taken from about as low a vantage point as you possibly can. Now, one of the things that you learn in photography class is that when you Photograph something from underneath, it looks larger. It looks larger than life. It looks looming. It is uh, very intimidating. It's, it's more likely to intimidate, to look powerful. Whereas if you take something from straight on, well, that's just, you know, straight on, eye to eye. You're sort of on an equal level with that person. And if you take a picture of something from above, it's as though you're looking down on someone, as though they're small, that they're weak, they're insignificant. Uh, that's general. I mean, it's a general statement about how you take photographs. So they really, they tried to make these cops look about as towering and as intimidating as they, and important as they possibly could with this story, uh, which is in no way uh, critical of, of this plan by the New York Police Department, which is going to, by the way, cost another $30 million, which is federal money, by the way, so you and I are actually paying for this. Federal money is going to, this federal transit money is going to pay for New York Police Department activities in the subway. Hmm. Or they're going to be roaming around with a bomb-sniffing dog, inevitably harassing people they don't like. Now, they claim they claim that this random search program that they have is, oh, it's totally random. But you and I both know, when it comes to cops, some cops have, oh, I don't know, a particular ethnic group that they might want to pick on. Some t- sometimes they do. Maybe they want to pick on a certain gender more than another. Or they, maybe they don't like uh, people that dress in a certain way, have long sure, hair, or, or wear, uh, you know... B- studs in their noses. Right. I don't like goth kids. So they'll get picked or, on. You know, guy, you know, sports guys used to pick on me in school, so I'm going to go after anybody who's wearing a jersey. I mean, you know, pe- you know, people have their prejudices. Right. I do too. And but to give someone power over other people when they um do have these prejudices can be dangerous. So this story is disturbing enough just considering the fact that they're going to be doing this uh walking these cops around in the subway platforms, but What's really most most disturbing is, and you touched on this, Mark, is that these teams won't stop any terrorism from happening. Anybody that's wired to blow is just going to blow themselves up if they see these guys coming close to them. So therefore, it seems to me that the purpose of this, whether this is overt or not on the part of the government, I don't know. But the results are certainly going to be this, and it may be the purpose. But the results are going to be that Americans are going to become more accustomed to seeing armed police, heavily armed police, and heavily, you know, heavily decked out police in their daily lives. They're going to become accustomed to this. They've already seen it in the, the airports, for instance. And now they're going to be seeing it to a, to a much larger extent because the only time you saw guys with automatic weapons in the airports was immediately after 9-11 and during certain security uh, procedures. TSA people aren't they're, – you know, they're not carrying weaponry for the most part. So this is really going above and beyond what, we are, what we're even seeing in the airports, which are pretty darn locked down police state. So, again, is this, is this conditioning? Is this getting the American people, the, the, the New Yorkers, prepared for seeing the police everywhere they go and, and being completely normal with the idea that the cops are going to be everywhere all the time with this, this attire and this demeanor? 
Well, uh, when I was in New York City, we we saw that we were on the steps of some building that George Washington was sworn we in. We were by Wall Street. Yeah, we were, yeah it was by Wall exchange. Street. And they had cops out there with machine guns, and uh, the, the they didn't have the face masks on. I think the, uh, the the masks were up, or they just had the helmets. I can't yeah, really remember. Yeah, they had remember. helmets. They had definitely black helmets. They were all blacked out in soldier garb. That's what these guys are going to be in the but subway. If if they're standing out there on Wall Street, why couldn't they be standing out there in Grand Central? You know, in Grand right. Central? They can stand out anywhere. I, I don't see any reason. I, I think that, this, you know, this is it. Uh, you know, at at this point, Americans are fine. At least the New Yorkers are fine with uh, with police standing out in soldier type garb. Now, I think for it to be a police state, the police have to abuse their power. You they know, always abuse their power. Well, they don't always abuse their power. They abuse their power enough that uh, you and I are sensitive to it, but not enough that the average American is sensitive to it. Mm. Um, we see it because we read the stories on the air every single night. The average American isn't confronted yeah. by um, police. Well, the respectables overstepping aren't. their bounds. The respectables aren't. I don't know about the average American, but well, the, the media sources don't report this stuff in the same way. Yeah. That when somebody um, says, you know, when you say police abuse, people think of Rodney King. That was 15 years ago or something like that. Um, media sources don't report police abuses on you know a smaller scale every single day like we do on this right. um, show. Now, we don't hate cops. It's just that I, I dislike the amount of power that they've been given, um, and unfortunately, some police are going to abuse that. 1-800-259-9231. Your thoughts? We go to the phones. It's Jeremy in Montana listening on KGEZ. Hello, Jeremy. Hey, guys. Great to talk to you again. What's it's on good your to hear from you. Hey, um, to me, it's looking more and more like the third rack in this country. And uh, to me, it's uh, more of a mind conditioning of a society to prepare them for actual martial law. To me, what this is is an actual partial martial law, if you will, Yeah. Of what's going on in this country. Right. Uh, it's, it's, the, it's using the military, but you're not really using the military. You're using guys that look militaristic. They're dressed up like right. the military would be dressed up, but they're working for the police. Right. It's, it's how I imagine Nazi Germany was with the, with the, with the policing-type presence, with these uh, paramilitary-type uh, police out in, in force like this. But unfortunately, or fortunately, we're not throwing uh, an ethnic group into ovens, and that's what, what, what the, you know, people are worried about when it comes to Nazi Germany. What what they're actually doing too is uh, preparing us for actual uh, real martial law, you know, and that where you, they tell you when you can go shop and what time you need to be in your house and yeah. everything. I guess that would be the next step at this point, Jeremy. And thanks for the call tonight. As always, we appreciate it. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. I mean, if the police are everywhere and the police look like they're the military then it wouldn't really be that big of a deal to actually replace them with the military. I mean, then you're just swapping one bureaucrat for another. I don't see why they do that. Why not just turn the police into a military organization? Essentially, that's what I mean, what's doing. the difference? They're dressed like soldiers. They're carrying weapons like soldiers. They're essentially soldiers. 1-800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever you want. If you're all right with this, if you think this is a good idea, these... Patrol teams would love to hear from you. It's Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. 
is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. Features we give away. Uh, so enjoy those on us. They include the Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo and prove they listen to the show. Just go to... Uh, shrine.freetalklive.com. Take a look. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. Your mattress was likely manufactured using all kinds of disturbing chemicals like fire retardants and insecticides. Does this bother you? Well, it bothers some scientists, especially in the case of young children. Savvy Rest mattresses are made of 100% natural latex rubber, organic wool, and organic cotton. You can try crib mattresses by them, too. SavvyRest.com for the sleep you've been dreaming of. That's SavvyRest.com. Our number again is 800-259-9231. Uh, going to a little, uh, fun, kind of a fun little story, maybe analogy. I'm not sure what you would call this. From Joshua Katz at LewRockwell.com called Don't Buy a Tiger. The other night while flipping through TV channels, I happened to see some tiger cubs being raised in captivity. Now, I don't care who you are. One thing you cannot deny is how incredibly cute a small young tiger cub is. No, even anything that's uh, young, any young mammal is cute. Even if you're a dog person, they are adorable. So, given the cuddly nature of a tiger cub, why don't more people take them in as pets? Well, besides <laughs> the fact that they are against the law to take in as pets in many cases, the answer is obvious. We've seen full-grown tigers, and we've seen the way a house cat wakes you up in the morning to ask for his breakfast. One such wake-up call from a full-grown tiger, and you won't be serving breakfast, you'll be dead. We've also seen the way cats show it affection. It will be breakfast day. I mean, yeah. uh, my cat, Senor Grouchy Pants, uh, often shows his dominance over me by biting me. Mm-hmm. He, uh, he gets corrected, but he can't help himself. Literally, he'll squint his eyes knowing he's going to get uh, smacked he'll and do it bite anyway. me. Because he just can't help it. He has to. Like that, that's what's in his little, yeah. little, little uh, you know, grouchy jeans. He's got to bite. Same thing with my cat, Ravage. He, uh, he tore my finger up over the weekend. But, you know, he he knows he's going to get corrected. I've seen you do it. Yep. Uh, so, as he points out, uh, cats nibble on our fingers and they rub our legs with their paws. Again, we realize that we don't want a tiger doing this to us. So, <laughs> consider also the biological messages we send to pets. Given all the work we do for our pets, I would suggest it's clear the pets regard the house as their territory and put up with our presence simply because of the tribute we pay to them. That is, we feed them. Well, they can't get, really get rid of us either. So when a fresh, warm kill is on the table, the animals have a clear idea as to who should get into, uh, to bite into it first. With a house cat, this doesn't cause much trouble, as they can do little but sit and whine or attempt to jump up, only to be pushed down. Eventually, they'll give up and satisfy themselves with scraps after the meal, which is plenty given their size. A tiger, naturally, would be less tolerant of the same situation. Well, they they don't have to be tolerant. <laughs> they don't. There's a there's, might makes right for them. Right. Well, in 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 our case, it has, does too. When it comes to animals, uh, really, the reason that Senior Grouchy Pants doesn't uh, you know kill and eat us is because he's simply not big enough. At 22 yeah. pounds, he is a large cat. But I've still got him by quite a few pounds, and if he decides to get out of hand, he's gonna he's gonna get smacked. Right. It wouldn't stop him from tearing at your entrails had you actually uh, made met your own demise in the house, perhaps felt fallen down the stairs, and you know he might feed at you eventually. At some point. Right. I, once the dry, crunchy cat food's gone. So, however, the reasoning uh, that we just employed might not seem obvious to some people. Imagine that a loved one of yours has decided to take in a tiger a tiger cub due to the cuteness factor. You try to explain to your beloved the folly in this course of action, pointing out that inevitably that tiger is going to grow up. You even drag him to the zoo, plant him in front of a tiger exhibit, and exclaim, See? 
That's what tiger cubs uh, cubs grow into. See the problem now? Imagine now that he turns to you and says, yeah, but what does that have to do with me? That's a very large predatory cat. I'm only taking in a small cub. You try to once again explain the situation. Look, the cat you're taking in is small now, but that tiger in front of you was once just as small. He grew up. Finally, your message seems to get across to your beloved friend, and you silently give thanks. He has seen the problem and seems ready to abandon his plans. Then, however, a smile creeps across his face, and he shouts, Ha ha! But there's a way to handle this. I'll simply demand that my cub not grow larger. In fact, I'll write him a contract explaining what he may and not do. I'll enforce the contract with the power of my newspaper. Surely I can discipline a small tiger, uh, tiger cub this way, and he'll be con- uh, contractually obligated not to grow up. Now, if he does grow up, I'll just hit him until he stops. It's likely that your next stop would be the loony bin. This is clearly a preposterous idea. One cannot simply demand that a thing not grow to its full size, and hitting a tiger with a newspaper is a Darwinian tactic for removing yourself from the gene pool. What if the situation were even worse, though? What if instead of one loved one, people all around you, important people in your life, were taking in tigers? All your family members began reporting to you that their adorable tiger cubs are just so much fun. In fact, they literally insist that you have a tiger and forcibly place a tiger cub into your home, with strict instructions not to remove it. How long would it take before you stopped reasoning with such people and instead cut them out of your life, tigers and all? Yet clever people fall for far more dangerous ideas of the exact same form. In Philadelphia, a group of remarkably intelligent men came together to form a government. These men had seen full-grown governments before, and, in fact, had just freed themselves from one. Yet here they were, feeding and nourishing a small baby government, playing with it, considering it so cute and adorable that they just had to have one. You know, I, I, I'm i sorry. I've got to disagree with this premise entirely. Um, the the men that came together in Philadelphia to, uh, you know, in the Continental Congress to set up uh, the United States government, or at that point, I guess, is the Confederate, um, Confederate Confederacy, the Articles of Confederation, I guess, still the United States. Um they hadn't seen a representative uh, republic in the manner certainly but one hadn't existed since greek or greece or rome and those they could uh, point to different reasons why they didn't work we have a bicameral house of course <laughs> um and you know we have the executive branch which enforces what the legislative branch and then we have a se- separate and unbiased judiciary you know they set up a government that they felt had enough checks and balances in it. No, they tried. They tried to tie it down. So they they weren't actually looking at a tiger. They were looking at another large predatory cat that they had never seen, that no one had ever seen before. Yeah, you're going out on a limb. With I'm that not one. going out on a limb. Governments this, are governments, man. Well, they no, operate no, the that, same way. The way. Whatever their setup is, they still use force. That's what period. we say now. Okay, sitting back here now. But these guys felt like there needed to be a government. Many of them benefited from there being a government. I will definitely give you that. Um, so, and there are people that benefit because of a large government. Mostly people in the government. Yeah. But sometimes people in uh, corporations, you know, they manage to set up sweetheart deals and that kind of thing. So I, I can see why they would uh, have chosen to do what they did. I think that now we would have to look back, and I, I'm for repairing uh, the, rep, uh, the, right. the republic that we have. I think that there's more Good steps luck that with need that, to be buddy. taken. I thought you were for secession. What happened to that? I'm for that, too. Oh, okay, good. I can't so be for repairing both. the republic. Yeah, well, I guess you could be for both, but uh, secession seems a little more likely. 
um, than actually fixing I the federal government. I don't know government. that either of them seem particularly Just likely. Just so you know, uh, the, this uh, tiger, the federal government, has now got a $3.1 trillion proposed budget uh, from the uh, the feds. So that I guess that just came out, that news today. Just uh, Not that, ju- just that. We'll continue the story here because it's kind of fun. But their neighbors had to have one too, and their descendants and their neighbors' descendants. They pushed this dangerous creature onto all these innocent parties with the assurance that they had instructed the baby not to grow. What's more, they'd provided enforcement mechanisms. The states could secede, they said. And even if that failed, well, cl- well, clearly the people could enforce the contract. Here's your rolled-up newspaper. Good luck. As party leader Creedy taunts V in the film V for Vendetta, you've got nothing. Nothing but your bloody knives and your fancy karate gimmicks. We have guns. Just change karate for newspaper, and we have the situation faced by a citizen attempting to bring a government back into line after a contract violation. The situation faced by a pet owner trying to bring his tiger back into line when the beast won't stop eating his legs. Just just uh, so that you realize that this article is completely flawed. The whole premise of this article is flawed. There How's is that? a breed of cat called a toiger. T-O-Y-G-E-R. Which is... Is there? Yes. So you can have a fluffy, cute little tiger of your very own. How, how, how big do they get? Nah, they're average cat size. Really? It's just a cat with a striped cat. 1-800-259-9231. You get the point anyway, Mark, besides cra- the fact there's a toiger out there I, I'm somewhere. I'm sorry, I just don't. I, I think that the article's flawed. I, I think it's flawed. Oh, you're so lame. More on the way. 800-259-9231. Talk about a party pooper. You can bring up anything. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. More about the tiger here in moments and your calls as well. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. Bring up whatever you want. Uh, That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it is Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features there we give away, so do enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. And if you want to help support the show, then we invite you to shop with us at the store. Grab some great Free Talk Live branded merchandise, uh, including the Free Talk Live hats, T-shirts, hoodies, and more. Plus, you can learn how you can get a copy of Barry Cooper's excellent DVD, Never Get Busted, for free with your order at store.freetalklive.com. But the supplies on that DVD are limited, so get the details now and act as soon as possible. Store.freetalklive.com. Need to lose some weight to impress that important someone on Valentine's Day? You can lose up to 25 pounds in just nine days without permanently changing your diet. Check out this amazing doctor-recommended product. Go to ftldiscount.com, read some real testimonials, find out how to order. That's ftldiscount.com. We're talking about what you claim is a bad analogy, and I agree, Mark. Obviously, it's not a perfect analogy, it's not perfect, but, it, no. but it's a fun story, and it makes an important point. And, and basically what uh, Joshua Katz at lourockwell.com is pointing out is that... The government is not unlike a tiger cub, that inevitably it starts out as something you think you can control, something you think you'd be able to domesticate, but then over time it continues to get bigger to the point where it's threatening your very livelihood. I, I, I can see that, but um, we don't need to have pets. We, there's no uh, thought process. There, there's we no, don't need to have governments. There's no over- overarching conversation in the world that... Um, makes people believe that they, or at least in America, um, people believe that a government is necessary. Would you not agree? They were raised by governments. Of course they believe that. Okay. Um, And I think that even when we weren't 
schooled by uh, you know the public uh, yeah, the government system i think people would have still said so i think that people believe that in order to have a civilized nation you have to have a government and it's fallacy i mean that's, i would agree it's, it's untrue the but, idea that in order to be civilized you have to have a gang of thugs around is absurd i, I think that there's a lot of points on what you're saying i don't know if i agree I, what, what you're saying there's a lot of good there's points. nothing civilized about violence okay um you're right, right but the government is there to protect you from violence but it's not I have a, you're, you're, the government a is institutionalized vi- is institutionalized violence. So in order to protect you many from violence, it has prefer, to use violence on you, or at least threaten you with it. Me, many people would prefer the threat of violence the government provides over the threat of violence that uh, you know they they believe the gangs and criminals offer. But the gangs and criminals are still there even with the government. So it's an absurd uh, viewpoint, and not based in fact or reality. Let me continue the story from LewRockwell.com. He points out that our founding fathers aren't to blame, however, for this government that we have. Not, at least not primarily. The primary blame rests with those of us who watched the tiger grow and who could have intervened while it was still small enough but did not. As the tiger grew, it should have been clear to any observer that the supposed limits on tiger's growth were not working. And it would become with, full, with time a full-grown tiger and a dangerous threat at that. Yet with just a few scratches, it could have been removed from the home still. Now it's fully grown and can't be removed or even challenged. Attempt to take some food from it, and you'll feel its full wrath. Don't even think about asking it to change or to think. Oh, by the way, um, there are people out there that train tigers and uh, manage to live with them, and you know, like Siegfried and Roy. One of them, he what, what did he get slashed or bitten in the throat? I don't know. Something terrible happened. It doesn't always work out. It doesn't always work out. Despite that, our guilt runs deeper still. As we watched the tiger grow, not only did we not get rid of it, but we took advantage of each increment in size to request that the tiger do more for us. Ah, now you're big enough to get my slippers, we said. And when it was a bit larger, we wondered why our slippers had become food, and with time, our feet as well. When the tiger was big enough, we handed him our income and asked him to distribute it. And see, now it just goes into the realm of the absurd. Obviously, you wouldn't hand a tiger uh, income. Anyway, he, uh, we, asked, we handed him our income and asked him to distribute it in the way he felt was more equitable. Not so surprisingly, we ended up with a lot of tiger food and not much else. Which goes to, t- to I mean, the, the reality uh, check there is that when you give money to governments with the idea that, oh, yeah, you guys, you can give this to the poor, right? Well... Turns out the bulk of it ends up going to pay the middle class bureaucrats running the welfare program. So even with, even the government programs that have the best of intentions to help those that need help end up really just enriching the bureaucrats more so than anything else. Beyond all the, the waste and beyond the, the, the wrong people getting their hands on the money. So uh, let's see, even re- uh, less surprisingly, we also ended up with floors that only a tiger can walk on safely, but which are difficult for a human to cross. The tiger also spent our money outfitting the house with booby traps which catch humans, but which tigers are able to easily avoid. We took this all in stride and saw no danger in these developments. Noticing the tiger's large teeth and claws, we figured the tiger would be useful for settling debates with our neighbors. <laughs> it bothered us that our neighbors carried guns, so we sent the tiger to go take the guns away from him. Never did it occur to us that now the tiger had the teeth, claws, and the guns. When economic growth wasn't as fast as we would have liked it to be, we asked the tiger to print out some money and give it out, but only to do so at the proper rates to speed growth without being selfish and enriching him at, uh, himself at our expense. The tiger laughed all the way to his bank. If we felt some businessman was being unfair, not extending himself enough to benefit us, or giving something away in a manner unfair to his competitors, we set the tiger after him to level the playing field. Little did we notice that now the tiger had tasted blood and hungered for more. Who's guilty in all of this? Is it the tiger for acting like a tiger? No, of course not. The tiger did what came naturally. 
we're guilty for giving all these tasks to a tiger knowing its nature. And we're guilty for having tolerated the presence of this tiger in our homes. And we're guilty for having relied on this tiger to harm others. But then complaining when the tiger finally came after us. 800-259-9231. And the reality of this today goes back to a story we talked about earlier this hour. And that is now the tiger in the form of this government, which keeps getting bigger. Again, $3.1 trillion now at the federal level. Last year was in the $2 trillion range. They just keep jacking it up. Uh, so now we've got the tiger in the form of the police department patrolling the subway system with armed gangs of six men and a, a, a bomb-sniffing dog outfitted in Kevlar helmets. And it all happened because we never said no at any point. No one has ever really stood up against this government. Well, it, it, it now at this point, it's difficult to say no. You can't do no. anything. Right. Well, you know, at what point, you know, you try to say no, what do you do? That's 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 what I was saying earlier. I was saying no right now to the roving uh, bands of police officers and their dogs in the subway. I will not stand for it. But exactly. The what's what good is that doing? It doesn't do any good. There's no way to solve this problem by. I mean, you could stop using the subway, but eventually they're going to come into the streets. Right. And well, the problem with stopping to use using the subway is it doesn't hurt the police. Not at all. They still get funded. So there's no, you're not sending a message to anybody by doing that. Right, and that's the problem with not having, uh, you know, certain free market uh, strictures on the government as it is. Exactly. Uh, but that's not to say it's something that can't be turned around. What it will take is a large effort by a decent group, you know, decently sized group of people. In this case, hopefully the Free State Project will be able to do it because New Hampshire luckily doesn't have this sort of police state that they have in New York City and Los Angeles and, uh, you know, the southern border, for instance. We don't have that uh, that police state that we would have to deal with. So it would be a much easier starting point. But people are going to have to do something. People are going to have to get active. They're going to have to get out there and oppose this. How you're going to do it in New York City, I don't know. I think it may have gone too far, and I'm not sure if they'll ever be able to rein the state in there. I don't right. know if it's possible. A person's voice is, uh, you know, is completely drowned out in a city of, well, it's difficult to even say how big New York is, simply because it doubles in size during the day when people are coming in to right. go to work, or more than doubles, I can't remember. Um, some number I heard 10 years ago was 17 million people um, during the day are in there, but only 6 million or something like that live in the city. Um, Instances know, I mean, of civil disobedience in New York probably wouldn't go much more. I mean, they probably would go unnoticed for the most part. They let that cowboy stand out there in his underpants pants and play a guitar. So, I mean, what kind of civil disobedience are you going to do right. in order to even get attention? So in a smaller place like New Hampshire, like you know, here in Keene where we live, an instance of civil disobedience would be the talk of the town. Everybody would know about it. It'd be news. It'd be an issue. People would be talking about the issues. I don't know if it's possible in New York City. If you think New York City can somehow be turned around, I'd love to hear your plan. Otherwise, we go to your phone calls and talk to April in Montana listening on KGEZ. Hey, April. Hey, that's an interesting analogy, but I think that, you know, the whole idea that you're talking about government there, I, I kind of disagree. I think you're kind of talking about the story of nature versus nurture and this kind of um, ridiculous altruism. I think that's what the story of the tigers is really about. It's about, for an example, when we go and we spend millions of dollars in third, third world countries, trying to teach these people to have democracies or to be able to run train stations and to be able to do things um, the way that we think are civilized. And then the minute that we leave, 
the country goes to hell in a handbasket. Well, like first of all, let me South let me Africa. correct you on something here, and I'm I'm going to give you time here in hour number three. So hang on, April. We'll, we'll bring you back, but I want to b- make a correction. Um, we didn't do anything. We did not send money to those third world countries to do the things you described. At least but you I know didn't. what she means. She means the government. Well, you need to say what you mean. The government sends money to third world countries, but it doesn't always go to do the things that they say it's going to do. If the government says we're sending aid to so and so, you know this, you know, the Congo or wherever it is they're sending the aid to, it doesn't go to the people that need help. It goes to the government bureaucrats. It goes to the thugs. The government people that are running government programs, it enriches them. It buys them BMWs and stuff. It doesn't go to feed the hungry. More on the way. Hour 3 is coming up. It's Free Talk Live. You bring up what you want. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. Talk Live. We're launching into hour number three of the program. You can bring up anything, as you always can, at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. It's 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features there we give away, so do enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Continuing with your phone calls, April is still on the line in Montana. Uh, listening on KGEZ, April wanted to make sure you had plenty of time to make your point. April? Okay, well, you were talking about people, uh, you know, that I know, and you were using the term like it was actually happening, uh, owning tigers. Okay, so when I use the term and I say we give money to countries, third world countries, you know what I'm talking about, so don't be oh, yeah. contrary, okay? I, no, I know what you're talking about, April. I beat myself up over that, so it's not like I'm uh, attacking okay, so you let me, personally. Let me, let me get to the point that I was making. You can take... Well, basically what this tiger analogy to me is, is you can take a baby, a, a baby tiger and sometimes they will, it'll be okay and you'll be able to have your little baby tiger, but the, the, the vast majority of the time the tiger's instincts and just the natural way a tiger is are going to eventually come out. And it's kind of the same way with different peoples around the world. We have... And when I say we, I mean first world countries, okay? okay? Have continually tried to affect third world countries around the world by bringing them democracy and, and this and that and the other thing to try to civilize, quote, civilize them or bring them prosperity or bring them peace or bring them whatever. And they're not capable, once we leave, they're never ever capable of carrying it out because they didn't create it in the beginning. And a civilization is a result of, it's like a creation of the people who live in that community. It's not something that you can just take somebody and, like, you can't take a tiger and drop them into a, ha- a normal household and expect them to know to, how to behave like a kitty cat. It's the same way sure. with these third world countries. And the way I see it, it's basically this story that you're talking about is more about people denying the natural law of the way things actually work in the world. Does that make any sense? It does to me. I, I can totally see what you're saying. Um, you know, it, to think that you can force freedom on someone, it doesn't even make sense. Force, freedom, 
Uh, th- that's what. Uh, look what's happened. Look what's happened in Liberia. Okay, I mean, look at the country of Liberia. I mean, now, have you seen pictures of what's going on just, over there? Ju- just so, oh, you, just so, so we're completely clear. The U.S. has been screwing Liberia for over a century now. Um, we, we, you know, we bought the, 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 the country from the beginning. We set up the capital, Monrovia, named after James Monroe, Liberia, talk, um, you know, named after Liberty. We sent, uh, re, we sent back slaves, uh, over there. The idea was to, you know, send them back to wherever the country was. People that were born in the United States, we, uh, you know, sent them back as though we were going to force all the blacks, uh, back to Liberia. And it, you know, it's, it's been, uh, screwed from the, for a long time. Yeah, right. but it's not unlike almost any other country in Africa. I mean, let's face it, this is kind of the par for the course for Africa, whether it's South Africa, which, you know, Hannesburg used to be like a really nice town, and now it's basically a shoot 'em up capital, or it's the Congo, or it's a Rwanda, you know, which used to be Zimbabwe, or Zimbabwe, you know, I mean... Well, you don't hear about those... You don't, is, th- th- you don't hear about those things happening... Of, the people no, there it's not absolutely have not. To be violent no, like that, that no, I disagree with. It's complete. That's completely untrue. We have upset their system in Africa in entire in its entirety. Um, the the white people of the Western world, which by the way the United States is second world, not first world. Um, the first and second world came into Africa, cut it up, colonized it. Um, they've only been on their own since the 50s in a lot of cases, and 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 less and less. So they're we we've cut, we've uh, drawn lines on maps and said, well, this is the Congo, when in fact it's occupied by quite a few different tribes. Those tribes, each of them vibe to get into power. We've screwed that continent up. Right. Well, and now, when you what say we need to do, we being the, the government is, is and we being uh, you know, white people in control, we need to leave Africa alone. We need to not try to give them our brand of civilization mm-hmm. because our brand of civilization won't work for them. They have to create it themselves. Yes. Right, if they create you it, and I agree on that. That much, yeah, absolutely agree with. But when you say, Mark, that they've been on their own for the last, uh, or since the 50s, that's not even true either, because saying they're on their own makes it sound like they're free to, to in, innovate and develop when they're not. They're usually ruled by some third world bit, uh, you know, some uh, two-bit dictator who is they extracting... They country. The, the individual countries are um, on their own. I think I made that clear. But, they, but they're being ruled by dictators who are extracting a tremendous amount of wealth from the impoverished people that are there and preventing them from even getting a foothold in the marketplace and actually making things better. And normally, by the way, April, those dictators are supported by the U.S. government in many in many cases. Yeah. Well, in Israel too. I mean, so, Israel played a pretty big part in in a lot of what was going on in South Africa. But, but you too. are right; it is the meddling uh, by the by the United States government in these so countries, my, so whether they be in is, Africa or the Middle East. The meddling is what is ruining it for those people. Yep. Thanks for the call tonight, April. April, April I, I got a question before before oh, we get rid okay. of April. Now, um, let's suppose. Uh, let me set up a hypothetical scenario, a, uh, April. Suppose we get out of Africa and we get out of uh, all the rest of the countries. We, we you know we focus our efforts on the United States and freedom and liberty and those kind of things. What if Israel decides they want to meddle in some other country's uh, business? What should we do about that? April, she's gone. She might. They might have let her go. Mm. 
800-259-9231. What, 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 let's just say, uh, I don't know what her answer would have been. No, but what, no, did you, there's no way to, there's no way to say. Well, you know, um, this is the thing about liberty. Not only can we, because essentially meddling is we want to prevent a bad occurrence um, from happening. And, you know, if that bad occurrence is one country interacting with another country, that's another thing for them to solve on their own. We can't be the policemen of the world. We, we can't control one country's interactions with another. Um, all we're going to do is have unintended consequences, and it's going to cost the American people big time. And we can't uh, stop internal politics either, though they need to deal with all those issues on their own. No one came in this country and directed its uh, development when we you know, got a uh, you got our freedom or whatever uh, quote unquote freedom. Well, the the king tried to, and he did he didn't get a well, good response. It was, at that point, it was his country. Yeah. So, Still though, that didn't work out very well for him. No, I mean there was uh, there was some involvement by France, but you know, not a great deal. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. So take I take the Ron Paul policy of non intervention when it comes around uh, comes to around the world. If there's a country that you happen to have a warm spot for, the people of that country, you you know you feel real close to them for whatever reason, send them money. I so feel, go over there and volunteer for some mission or something like that. I feel a warm spot for Liberia. I feel like we've really messed up, messed with those people, and we should do something good for them. But the problem is that whatever I think is the right thing. It's never going to get enacted in the way that I hope that it will. Right. If we send money to Liberia, it's only going to go to the Liberian politicians. They're going to take and it. they'll use that live, in politically favorable ways. Yep. They're going to live lavishly. They're going to reward the people that they want to reward. And the average Liberian that's been screwed, you know, that, that the whole mess, uh, system's all screwed to up, suffer. they'll continue to suffer. We go to your phone calls. We talk to Kevin in Minnesota. You're on Free Talk Live. Kevin. Hey, guys. How are you doing? Hey, what's on your mind? That was a great one, that Linda. I loved it. Um, April? April. Or April, I'm sorry. Um, first, I wanted to talk about your tiger analogy. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you remember Schoolhouse Rock. Yeah. Remember I love Schoolhouse Rock. I have, I have the whole stuff. thing on VHS. Yes, I love it. Actually, my daughter knows it now, so it rocks. But they came out with like this new series that talks a little bit more about, like, uh, writing checkbooks and the deficit, mm-hmm. and I don't know if you remember that. I think it's called like Decep- uh, deficit Saurus Rex. No, I I, I, it, I don't it, know anything about a new uh, uh, a new Schoolhouse Rock. It was it was like later. It wasn't back in the eighties. It was after that. I think they just tried to bring it back, and they did a horrible remaking. <laughs> That's okay. how it generally goes. But uh, it's it's pretty interesting. It has the deficit as like a T Rex, and how it's getting bigger and bigger, and it's going to eat us all. Mm-hmm. So it's it's pretty good. But um, I wanted to also talk about martial law, but before that I want to talk about April. Um, now, earlier you were also talking about terrorism. Well, my ancestry has been fighting terrorism since 1492, and we've been fighting immigrants since 1492. Doesn't work, does it? And, uh, well, you want me to hold out a little? Yeah, we're going to hold on to you, dude. Hang on, 800-259-9231. Some people get scared by the music. 800-259-9231. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. We'll find out the rest of uh, Kevin's point and talk to Gene, the Christian anarchist, as well as Tom in New Jersey, and take your calls as well about anything. It is Free Talk Live. 
This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com, the features we give away. You get signed up for the updates, and we'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show. Get on the updates list for free by going to updates.freetalklive.com. That's updates.freetalklive.com. And do you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections? SACL CAI does collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you'd like to keep your clients, too. SACL CAI. Check out their banner at freetalklive.com and do business with businesses. That support Free Talk Live. That's SACL CAI. We continue with Kevin in Minnesota. You're back on Free Talk Live, sir. Go ahead. Uh, yes, thank you very much. Um, one of the things I wanted to brought, bring up is, like, you know, uh, I can't remember who said it, but if it wasn't, if it wasn't for the fact I was born on land, I would have drowned. Mm-hmm. And we grab such a, a, a connection to the spot we get plopped out of by our mother and we grab onto it with both hands, and we, we feel that it's ours. And I say this as a Native American, and the last caller, how they're talking about, not in a sense of how wonderful we've done, but in the last 300 years, how bad has the U.S. screwed things up, not just here in this country, because they said when they first came here to this country with the Native Americans that it was virtually like a, not quite a utopia, but it was like a lush garden, somewhat like the Garden of Eden. But then they were saying, oh, these uncivilized natives, you know, that had thousands of villagers within a village and they had stuff of like the syringe and they used rubber and they used all of these phenomenal pharmaceutical things. And then we said that, well, the dominant society said that they're uncivilized and they're not using their land affordably or correctly. So we clear-cut the entire country and we start this whole uh, manifest destiny across the United States and we've literally destroyed the United States as far as deforestation. And then they put us into concentration camps, which Hitler thought was a great idea, but they called them reservations at that time. (laughs) And Hitler thought that was a great idea and actually used the model for the early reservation for a model of his concentration camps. Wow. And April talking about how, how we've come so far, I think we've actually like de-evolved as a species where at least a Native American, how many Native Americans came knocking on your door on a Sunday with their, with their tom-tom and their pipe trying to convert you? Well, well that's never happened to me. I wasn't around back then, so I can't really comment on that. But I don't know. I think that mankind is always, you know, there have always been people in search of power looking to rule over others, and it's just that, you know, that's that's how it happened to play out here in America, and, and it certainly is tragic. But, you're, you know, you are right in general that uh, the, the government has, in the name of uh, advancing civilization, done some really awful things to some other cultures, and it's it's terrible. And and one last thing about the uh, martial law and stuff like that. Yeah. You're, you're, they were bringing up martial law earlier, and I've since I listened to uh, uh, GCN or GN or the GCN, the Genesis Communications GCN. Sorry, um, I've caught Alex Jones, who's just way fearmonger. But I've I've looked into some of the stuff that he talks about. And it's really scary if you look at the creation of Homeland Security and if you look at 
they've taken a large proportion of their money that they got allocated building prison camps or containment centers or detention centers, and they've passed all these laws where the president, under a whim, can pass martial law. And one of the reasons that they could declare martial law is civil disobedience. And that's, and, and that's what you guys talk about, kind of like a revolution. So if they got all ends covered, what are we to do? It's a good question, which is why we need to take action now instead of waiting to see what happens with uh, with what they're planning. Thanks for the call tonight, Kevin. 800-259-9231. It's difficult to imagine our government setting, uh, you know, setting up a full-fledged martial law based on civil disobedience right now. Yeah. I think that there could be, you know, if, if the police state begins to grow um, or continues to grow, excuse me, then we will that could possibly be a result but today i don't think that civil disobedience is going to cause an entire lockdown no not any more than us getting on the air and talking about freedom and liberty right. would remember cause a lockdown. we are able to broadcast on 33 stations there are still you know they they still pay uh, some amount of uh, homage to you know freedom of speech and freedom of the press right and they they will still have to do that until they've completely eliminated the constitution so we've got a little bit of time we've got a little bit of cover uh, the, I think the Constitution, if anything, slowed the growth of government. Uh, it didn't didn't do anything to prevent the growth, but it has slowed it and has made the the politicians have to you know CYA a little bit, be a little bit more careful about how they've abolished liberty in this country. Uh, but that doesn't mean that time's not going to run out someday. That doesn't mean that there won't be a line crossed to where it won't it will no longer be possible to turn it around with nonviolent means. And that's what I want. I don't want to get to violence. I don't want to get to a violent revolution. That that's not going to result in anything positive. It never it never has. Uh, and so we need to do this now. Time the time for liberty in this country is now. Taking action sooner rather than later is imperative if we want to have a chance at seeing liberty again in our lifetime. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. And for those of our radio listeners who are confused by the occasional reference, uh, you know, completely unnecessary reference to GCN, that's our network they carry. They're the syndicate for our show. So sometimes people call in and they say GCN. Sometimes they listen to the uh, the network itself on the, the Internet. I believe it's GCNonline.com. I don't know. GCN Live, I think. GCNlive.com. But, uh, and some people sometimes people listen there, and uh, those people, you know, uh, Let's sort of think of it as all one big programming group, whereas right. you know it's a separate show. What they don't understand is that there are people listening around the you know around the world and around the country that have no idea what GCN means and no. it's completely completely irrelevant and transparent to them. Which is it would be like Rush Limbaugh getting on the air, or, you know, people calling the Rush Limbaugh show and referencing uh, Premier Premier Radio Network. Yeah. There's no need to reference that on the air. Just people think that he's people. syndicated by the uh, Excellence in Broadcasting Network. Right, he's not. There is no. I don't believe there is. Such I don't an think there is. I think it's just him saying. We something. continue with your call. Uh, we go to Gene, the Christian Anarchist in Tennessee. You're on Free Talk Live. Gene, well, the Christian hello. Anarchist. Hello. What's on your mind? I share what happened over the weekend. All I, right, do that. I spent the weekend up visiting my relatives in Minnesota. Okay. And I have a niece named Kathy who I talked into going to the caucuses for Ron Paul. Mm-hmm. And I was visiting with a bunch of the rest of the family on Saturday. And I met uh, a guy named Raul who's married to my great niece amber and he'd never heard of ron paul before but i want to read you this very short little email that kathy just forwarded me from raul okay it says hey gene this email went out to a lot of raul and amber's family friends i wanted i thought i should forward it to you pretty exciting i'm going to remind them all to go to the caucus tomorrow kathy and here's the letter from raul hi this is raul not a forward just letting you know 
Now I ask you to look into this, whether you are into politics or not. I say this because I really think that our country is in trouble in terms of national debt, the economy in general, the war, morals, and national morale. I thought you might laugh and scoff at this and say that your vote doesn't count or that government doesn't matter and things like that. But when you say that, also look at your paycheck and see what is getting taken away from you by the government. That doesn't matter. And think about the rules and regulations that are put on you by politics that don't affect you. Anyway, I'm really scared of Hillary and Obama and their views. Frankly, I'm scared of McCain, Romney, and Huckabee. Unfortunately for us, the guy uh, who I think can really make a difference is a fourth-tier candidate. So please look into his points at www.ronpaul2008.com. You really made an impression on this guy. Gene, we'll bring you back for more in moments here. Okay. This is your show. You can bring up anything. It's Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You bring up what you want toll-free. 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark, 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com and get interactive with us. And listen live uh, online as well with live broadband and dial-up versions, both for free at freetalklive.com. Movies, lingerie, marital aids, adameve.com has got a special offer for you. Go to adameve.com slash talk and get 50% off one item. Plus, with your order of uh, $17 or more, they'll throw in a free gift. That's 50% off at adameve.com slash talk. 800-259-9231. Back to Gene, the Christian anarchist. Gene, you were telling us that you went out to visit some family members recently, and uh, the, one of the people that you... Uh, now, did you meet Raul, or was that someone that uh, met one of your family members? I, I missed that part. Yeah, I, I got to talk to him for quite a little while, and uh, uh, he was, uh, you know, he's a young guy. He's probably in his 20s, but he got pretty excited, and... Uh, Anyway, there's like two sentences left here I could finish up. Yeah, you're reading an email from Raul. Go right ahead. Yeah, and it, so this was right after he gives the link to ronpaul2008.com. He says, it's not too late to vote for him on Tuesday. I just found out for, about him two days ago, LOL. Laughing out loud, of course. <laughs> Thanks again, and if you want, and if you like my thoughts or points of view, maybe forward this to others or make your own email letting people know about him, Raul. So this is why... Uh, I still think, as I mentioned a couple months back, that I thought that the snowball was rolling behind Ron Paul because of the uh, the popular support behind him. This is why I think the snowball, even though it slowed down for a bit, I think it's catching on again because here there's two young people that are going to uh, caucus for Ron Paul in Minnesota who didn't even know about this guy a couple days ago. Right, so before you had talked to them, they were completely unaware of Ron Paul's existence. Well, my niece knew something about him because I'd told her before. But until I went up there and visited and, you know, really let them know all about this guy, um, they they hadn't decided anything. Did you get an impression when you were talking to them that these individuals were relatively apolitical prior to finding Ron Paul, or were they always interested in in what goes on in Washington? Definitely apolitical. And uh, this is why, even even with the active conspiracy to keep them out of the media, it's word of mouth. And it's people getting excited about somebody who's actually different, who's running for for president. And I think that we're going to probably see some surprises tomorrow. I think that uh, Ron Paul is going to do much better than anybody gave him credit for. Um, I think he's, well, Minnesota, I think he'll do pretty good. I think 
Washington. I don't know if Washington meets tomorrow or not, but I th- I've heard that he may even win Washington State. Um, there was an article in the uh, Seattle newspaper up there about how they figured that uh, Ron Paul was support was strong enough to where he could win the state. And, uh, I've heard so, good things about your own Tennessee there, Gene, as well. I heard well he also got third place in uh, Maine uh, this weekend, and uh, he was very close to second place. Yeah, was he was just... right behind Mick, Mick Nasty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the and, game uh, is uh, definitely not over yet, and Ron Paul, as he has said when interviewed, you know, they asked him over the uh, the, the weekend on the MTV debate, Oh, I guess it really wasn't a debate. MTV Forum, they asked him, uh, you know, why he hasn't dropped out. And he pointed out that people keep sending him money. You know, as long yeah. as people keep sending him money and encouraging him to run, he's going to stay in the race. And, and, and that's what's happening. will go through all the way to the uh, convention. I think a lot can happen between now and the convention. Plus, after tomorrow, there's still half the delegates open. So uh, a good showing tomorrow could uh, snowball even more, and he could start taking states after Tuesday. Absolutely. Gene, thanks for the call tonight and the uh, the story. And it's, and it's just, just goes to show that you can make a difference by talking to your friends and family about liberty, about freedom, about the benefits of what someone like a Ron Paul could help bring the country. And, and, and again, you know, I don't want to make it sound like politics is the only answer, but at this point, it's what most people are focusing on. It's what people are looking at. And, What's got the sizzle? And if they're looking at voting for one of those other guys, at least give them the opportunity to vote for Ron Paul. At least, I mean, you owe them that as your friend or fan or family member. You owe them the uh, the opportunity. Yeah, tell them and wh- tell them who you're going to vote for and right. why. There you Maybe go. not who they should vote for, but uh, tell them some of the reasons that you're going to and and how the you know try to give those give the reasons that would be uh, most influential to them. The worst thing they can say is they disagree, and the best thing that can happen is you'll bring them on board. Yep, there's uh, a 1,200. Delegates needed uh, to win to win the nomination, and McCain has 97 now. Mm-hmm. So we're not even 10 percent of the way there. 1-800-259-9231. You can share your story, bring up whatever you want. We continue with your calls. It is Tom in New Jersey on the amp line. Hey, Tom. Hi, guys. Hey, what's on your mind? I uh, uh, wanted to talk about the the metaphor of uh, you know out of control tiger as government. I think uh, you know it's an interesting one. I agree with Mark that that's not certainly not perfect. Yeah, but I, I think the basic uh, message is sound, which is that you know citizens, as citizens, we have a responsibility to uh, you know be a, a check and balance against that power. And I, I mean, the founders really admonished us that the price of liberty is eternal vigilance. And I think it's uh, ourselves and our, our ancestors who uh, uh, did not really adhere to that. I agree uh, with I agree with you that what you're saying is true. I don't agree that the article was saying anything like that. I think the article was saying any government at all is a big, giant, terrible tiger that will eat you. Well, it's saying that inevitably it will get bigger, and that's what government does. Inevitably. There's no, like, what he's saying is that the citizens, it's important for citizens to check and balance the government. What the article was saying was there is no way you can check and balance a tiger. A tiger is a government. A government's going to eat you. It's never been done in the history of mankind. Nor has, so, uh, nor, so. nor has complete liberty. So that doesn't mean it shouldn't be tried. Governments have been tried over and over again. There you go. But the same argument is valid on either side. Yeah, one way to look at it is that government's always winning. The other way is that liberty's always winning because governments never last. So the uh, you know we could also argue that uh, you know liberty's always winning. But but I think one thing that's really missing from that. Uh, metaphor of, of the tigers that the tigers, you know, is a different species entirely, kind of beholden to its own rules of, of engagement. Whereas government is comprised of our peers, and I think accordingly, not only are we responsible, but we need to hold our peers in government responsible. Uh, you, you guys were talking uh, a couple of nights ago about 
police being responsible for their actions and not following the law blindly. And mm-hmm. I just could not agree more with that sentiment. I think it's, uh, when, you know, when someone's pins down a woman and, and, you know, strips their her clothes off of her or kicks in someone's door because they've got an illegal shrub, um, I think, uh, you know, it's, it's, we have to, we can't just give them a free pass because it was legal, even though it was immoral. Well, and I think that's where a lot of the problem comes in is where, you know, the people that you're asking to be this check and balance on government historically just haven't been there because they're really busy checking their own lives. They're busy checking on their kids in school and they're busy doing work uh, for the boss uh, or, you know, trying to bring some money uh, home to put some food on the table. The last thing on their minds is is being a check and balance on the people in the halls of power and the people in government. And I think it's really a, it's it's just something that we we can fantasize about and say, yeah, people should do that, but I don't think that even if you were to be able to, to cut the government down to size, that the check and balance would last for very long, because inevitably, the government people would say, well, what we're doing here is legal, and then what, we're, what are you going to do, challenge them in their own courts? I mean, we've seen how well that works, so using the system to check the system just doesn't seem to be very effective when everyone inside the system is determined to do whatever the hell they want to do. Right, and I know you guys take flack sometimes for... Uh, from some callers for uh, you know pointing out the abuses of uh, police, et cetera. But I think it's so imperative that that people bring that up and and speak out against it because uh, it acts as the counterweight for what the government does, which is to uh, basically worship any public servant as a hero. And and it's it's really not often the case, and and maybe most often not the case. What the Founding Fathers understood, and what many of our callers do not, uh, the the sort of sycophant uh, state-worshipping callers Mm -hmm. out there, and, and you know, what they don't get is that, in fact, it is the press that is supposed to police the police. It's the press that's supposed to police the government. We are, uh, you know, this is, and, and now with the, the advent of the Internet and, and call-in shows like uh, Free Talk Live, everyone's able to be a portion of the press. And we're supposed to hold the government responsible for everything it does. And people in the government, th- those people are not only the big politicians out there that it's okay to say something against George Bush or it's okay to say something against Hillary Clinton. It's also the guy on the street with a badge. It's also the soldier on the with boots on the ground in um, Iraq. Those people are just the mu- just as much the government, or at least they are the government, even though the politicians are you know, larger and more influential. Tom, thanks for the call tonight. Thank I do you appreciate guys. it. 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever's on your mind. And this is your show. It is Free Talk Live. Only ro- uh, moments remain, but just enough time for your call if you make it now. Talk live only moments remain. Just enough time for your call if you sneak it in right now at 800 259 9231. The Sagal CAI toll free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. Join us online, freetalklive.com. Like the show? Want to help us out? Then become an amplifier. Become uh, an amplifier over at amp.freetalklive.com. Amp stands for advertise, market, and promote. And the purpose of the program is to have you send us $3 a month completely voluntarily. You can enjoy all the web features completely free. So this is above and beyond. Uh, that going above and beyond the call of duty amp.freetalklive.com that three bucks a month allows us to effectively promote and advertise the show to new radio stations get more stations on board with the program hopefully we'll be announcing a new station uh, as as soon as possibly this weekend Mm. all of this is thanks to 
our free talk live amplifiers, and you get perks too. To sweeten we announced them. one last week too. That's right. To uh, I was expecting to announce them both, but these things usually take time, and I normally shouldn't even say anything in advance because it seems like whenever I say something in advance, it always takes an extra month. Uh, but basically, the station we're waiting on has been trying to put their transmitter up, and they've just been having bad weather. So it's a brand new station going on the air. But people don't know cool. what station you're referring to. Right. So, I mean, how are you going to jinx it? Yeah, that's true. Anyway, so we're excited because we continue adding new stations now on 33 from coast to coast, thanks to people like you who are amplifying the show. Amp.freetalklive.com is how you get on board. You get perks like the Amp-only call-in line, Amp-only chat room and forum. In fact, we're going uh, to the Amp line here in moments uh, but first, we go to Peter in Los Angeles. Peter, you're on Free Talk Live, or rather, Louisiana. Hello, Peter. Yeah, I wanted to let you guys know that you're right. One person can make a difference, and I'm going to take a quick uh, hit at uh, Michelle Obama. She resigned her position today from the University of Chicago Hospital, where she was uh, engaged in political activity, obviously, but getting paid charitable nonprofit dollars. That's a, a violation of the IRS tax code. And there's a crackerjack nurse out here in California named Barb Clark, and she runs a website, barbclark.org. She wrote tons and tons of letters to the IRS bringing this to the attention and uh, blasted it out to news media organizations, whatever, and that happened all over this weekend. And so uh, Michelle Obama resigned her position today. So when you hear that story, it's all over the Associated Press. The reason why Michelle Obama is no longer taking charitable money, char- charitable tax-free money in the form of a $300,000 salary from a nonprofit charitable hospital, the reason for that is because some nurse, one person, uh, wrote a you know, flurry of letters to the IRS saying this is illegal, you cannot commingle political activity with, uh, well, I, for one, would not encourage, even though politicians are scum of the earth, I would never encourage anyone to snitch out uh, another mm-hmm. person to the IRS. But uh, this is yeah. this can be a big, uh, you know, something big right now. Um, you know, it doesn't take much to sway, and at this point, to sway some people from voting for one candidate and voting for, an, um, you know, for one and against the other, that kind of thing. So this could be the, you know, this could well, sink the, the, the whole Obama campaign. The issue is the hospitals. The, 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 we have a medical care crisis, and the nonprofit hospitals don't need to be spending you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars going around advocating and politicizing. Anyway, I, just a, a, no, your, your point is taken. I mean, certainly one person can make a difference. However, the, the lady you mentioned, for whatever reason, has added me to her email list and refuses to remove me. Mm-hmm. I don't know if she's monitoring her emails or what, but she's sending out massive uh, spam emails to people, and it's quite uh, quite annoying. I can tell you that. Well, some it worked for it worked somehow. Well, she's going into my spam list, and now uh, you know Gmail will add that to their little spam catcher, and that means more people will uh, have her emails marked as spam than uh, if she doesn't stop. So anyway, thanks for the call tonight, dude. Appreciate it. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. So she seems a little undesirable. She's a snitch and a spammer. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. But snitching on politicians, snitching man, it's just low. It's just low. Why lower yourself to the level of a politician? Well, um, the politicians are initiating force by you know, um, in in this case, she's she's living off the the tax dollars of people. Um, Michelle Obama is. So, I, I think to, to some extent, she needs to be held to a standard. 
I don't know yeah, if I, but I'm I don't not know running I'm... to mommy government to solve my problems for me. Let's continue here. How are you to... going to solve this problem otherwise? And she sent it to um, that. That's the it doesn't law. Doesn't affect me. It's their charity. They can pay her however and they want to pay her. And it's not the IRS that changed anything. It was her sending emails to not just the IRS but um, you know press the press too. So she didn't quit because the IRS told her to. She quit because this woman, you know, shined a light on the cockroaches. Gotcha. Well, I thought he said it was a charity hospital that was giving her that money. So, you know, it's a charity giving her money. I don't really care. That's their business, right? Yeah, but but the charities um, enjoy certain tax uh, status, and she's campaigning or somehow or another, yeah. I guess, according to what they're saying. They're you know they're they're lying under the tax code. They're they're dodging these these taxes that, you know. That her husband could get, you know, help to get rid of if he wanted to, but instead she's doing what rich do, which is dodge the taxes and then force the middle class to pay their bills. Yeah, I see where you're coming from, but I would never snitch somebody out for something like that. Let's continue to talk to Sam in Texas. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Sam. Sam in Texas, going once. Hey, hey, hey what's on your mind? I love that you read that uh, Tiger story earlier on, and it, I noticed something really interesting. I think the reason... Just for those just tuning in, it's a, uh, it's a story that that's, draws an analogy between a tiger uh, that it looks cute and cuddly but ends up growing to be huge and uh, dangerous, and government, which uh, also cannot just stay small, always grows, uh, grows larger and more intrusive. Yeah, and I, I think the reason uh, Mark and other people that have called in to kind of defend this story and say that, well, it's not a valid uh, analogy to make, is that they're not really willing to suspend their belief in government to even uh, look at it honestly. And, you know, people like Mark still have their plan for how government can work. If we'll only do it this way, if, if it will just work like this, right. you know, we can make it happen. And, you know, Mark, really, course, you have... My plan increases people's liberty enormously. I understand that, Mark, but the fact that you have a plan makes you have a lot more in common than you may realize with the guy whose plan is to just get the right generals in Iraq and to take care of Iran. Right. Just do it the way I say, and everything will be just fine. You Americans will have your liberty back. We'll have a small <clears throat> government. We'll keep it in line. Just follow what I, my suggestions well, are. You know, and, and getting rid of the government is still the, is, the, is the same thing, though. Hold no, on. no, no. Your plan anytime, for government anytime. is to get rid of government. My plan Mark? for government is to increase, increase people's um, liberty same. exponentially. And, you know, the guy X that you were referring to, his plan for government is to decrease liberty dramatically. But, Mark, any time you interfere in what is otherwise a perfect equilibrium, disaster always results. I mean, we can take an example where there are billions of individuals all making decisions completely on their own, doing what's in their best interests uh, and with no rules. And I'm, of course, talking about nature. And look at what it's developed. Of course, there's hurricanes and volcanoes that kill millions of its inhabitants and animals and plants. But overall, look at the complex market problems that it solved in some of these ecosystems with the dependency between some plants and animals. Right, Mark. I mean, you, they, they produce chemicals for each other. Mark, you produced a, uh, what was a false comparison there a moment ago. There is no plan. People like Sam and myself, we don't have a plan. The idea is get rid of government and let the marketplace handle whatever it is that comes up. While you have a plan for government, you've got a path you'd like it to follow, a, 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 stru nature, a structure, a, a form. Over, overlord to uh, protect the weaker animals, you know, so they don't get eaten by the lions, so that, you know, the lions have a fair chance of, you know, gaming for their, 
for their meal. And I think that this is the problem with people that believe in no government, is that they, in fact, uh, think that people are going to go for a plan where there are lions roaming around. <laughs> no, they're not. No one's going to say, okay... Feed the me lions, to the lions. The lions are already uh, roaming around. Point, they're, they're driving cars <laughs> with lights, uh, bl- flashing red and blue lights on the top of them. They're not the only lions. There's also criminal lions out there, Ian. That's right. And that's what people are concerned with. That's what they're scared of. They're willing to deal with the uh, oppressiveness of the police state in order to protect themselves from criminals. And until you acknowledge that and address that thoroughly, you're, 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 you just sound silly. Well, that's what we're doing on this show. We're giving people other options and other ideas. No, you're berating me. But what we have are ideas, not a plan. And our ideas can or cannot be implemented in the marketplace, depending on who's uh, you know in search of profit and who's willing to put up the capital in order to uh, to make those ideas happen. But none of us would ever uh, institute those ideas across the entire population uh, by virtue of or by by force. Who's us? uh, Those of us who believe in liberty and freedom. Sam, thanks for the call tonight. Uh, Let's continue quickly to Matt in Illinois. Uh, You got enough time for a few comments here go ahead hey just an observation kind of goes with the whole show um seems to me years ago when i was young we'd hear every once in a while a, a story about a horrific crime that took place maybe somebody breaks into somebody's house and kills a bunch of people or something like mm-hmm. that um then it kind of faded away and we started to hear about you know um maybe the school shootings that went on more than just Columbine, but other school shootings and stuff. And now it seems like we've hired all these police. And what are we hearing about? Almost every day we hear something about the police abusing their power. Almost every day. And it it seems like the police have now gotten worse than what we were facing before. May very well be the case, Matt. Thanks for the call tonight. Uh, it has been Ian here with you. And Mark. We will rejoin you tomorrow night. You can join us online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.